You're listening to the podcast for grain merchandisers by grain merchandisers. Join us in our good humored attempt to serve as a voice of reason in an industry fraught with misconceptions and half truths. And now, from deep in America's heartland, this is the Elevator's Cut. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Elevator's Cut. I am one of your hosts, Roger Gaddis. And I am your other host, Jason Wheeler. And it's just us today. This, is, this has been a while, right? It is. is it yeah. how we do this? We don't have any more educated people to interview, at least not today. There are more educated people that talk Certainly. to me. But for today, just the two of us ranting about uh, about things. So... Forgive us in advance for that, uh, but I think we got some good topics to delve into. Or instead of topics, probably more zeitgeists that we should delve into. Can you have multiple zeitgeists, Roger? What's a definition? yeah? It's 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 not an either or. It's on a spectrum. The zeitgeist <laughs> spectrum. <laughs> it should be good. I, I this morning I I listened to an episode of Econ Talk and and they mentioned the the idea of rational ignorance and i thought man that is a useful thing in life and here i am there you go there's also useful idiots which we check those boxes too so we're on a roll today old buddy (laughs) we want to talk about things today that people say all the time in the green business or do and it's just you know it it just it grinds my gears if you will it might be cliche to say but these are cliches yeah i was trying to avoid that word but there here we go Clitches, man. <laughs> Can't avoid them. Am I right? I'm right. First of all, can you believe the volatility we're having this year? This is a lot of volatility. Don't you agree? If someone was going to interview me right now, say you were interviewing me mm-hmm. and I'm talking in a microphone, it's volatility. I mean, and it seems like it's it's here to stay. I would say that it's we've seen it before, uh-huh. but it's here right now. And we've got to deal with it going forward. Because volatility does only one thing. It gets volatile. That's right. How can you say something without saying anything at all when you're interviewed about grain things? Like if, you know, the local paper comes and asks the grain elevator man or, or you know, the, the farmer, hey, how's it, how's it going this year? Well, man, tell you what, it's been a real volatile year. And, uh, and then they say, well, how do you plan on dealing with that? And, of course, you say derivatives. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, the uh, yeah, the der- derivative market. Now, Roger, you were telling me early, you know, most farmers, they don't like futures and options because one, they're one is margin. Number one's margin calls. Right. Yes. You don't want to have or to the, have the threat of margin. calls. Yeah. And it's a it's a big gamble. Says those people in Chicago, they're just gambling, you know, it's practically Las Vegas of the Midwest. So, you know, the the futures and options, they're. They're very, however, however, derivatives, on the other hand, derivatives, those are the key to success. I think people who know about derivatives markets and can help you with derivatives markets and can marry that with maybe the cash market, you know, I believe in a marriage should be one man and one woman, but you know, some people, they do that. And uh, anyways, derivatives, people really like that. Yes. They're, they're a thing, you know, another thing that solves problems. Uh, over the counters, over the counters and derivatives. If you can say those words 
and use it as a way to manage this unprecedented volatility. Or if you need some headache medicine, mm -hmm. you can also get over-the-counter help with that. <laughs> well, I'm glad you mentioned that actually, Roger, because we are in a pandemic and that's something else people should talk about more. <laughs> So it's, you know, a lot of that volatility is from that pandemic. And so you you can't, you can't mask the volatility. I don't think people are appreciating enough how weather maps and pandemic masks, they're basically the same thing. <laughs> the, the old GFY map, if you will. <laughs> Isn't that what it is? I did something like that. The, the Asian model. Europeans, yeah. South Americans. I don't know. Every every continent's got maps, I guess, except the penguins in Antarctica. Yeah, cartography. This is this is uh, cartography, topography, graphy. <laughs> <clears throat> so another thing that that we've been seeing a lot lately is uh, as because of the volatility, obviously, is we see a lot of big uh, spike ups with to start sessions and spike downs. Do you spike down? What is it? Is it only a spike when it's up or does it spike down? I don't know. It depends on how you rotate your map. Okay. And then your chart lines, obviously they intersect on Uranus or <laughs> Mars. And the year of nine only. But anyways, so they, but when it happens, we get these gaps. And when gaps happen, you have to, I mean, eventually the market comes back to the gaps, where the gaps were and trades in all the places. Right, Roger? That's that's quite an explanation. <laughs> it's like it's, when the river floods and the puddles are there. If the fish, if there's fish in the puddles, then the river's going to come back for those fish. If there's not, then the river's <laughs> done. <laughs> Sometimes you got to fill the fish. Uh, this seems like an entire episode of just sponsorships, but <laughs> without <the> editing. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, but you know the 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 river thing. I mean, it's true. It's, fish need to be in water, man. They can't. They can't otherwise. And markets need to be in gaps. <laughs> and fish are volatile when they're not in water. Yeah, they flip around like crazy. So corn. <laughs> or soybeans um you know, definitely not wheat no not at all <clears throat> opening calls that's a I'm, I'm looking here at the list here that's there was there were some good uh, uh twitter banner <laughs> recently about who are opening calls for the best answer was people with no families <laughs> <laughs> To, to write them or to read them, either one. <laughs> that works. I don't know. It, it's it's um you know there there's a tension in uh, you know subscription land out there between it seems from the outside. I don't write newsletters. I don't know. Maybe there are good ones out there. I, probably probably most of them are trash. But it seems to be a tension between prediction versus perspective. You know so. I, it's, I mean, is it fair to say that that line gets crossed when you, you know, go from saying, I think corn will go higher to saying 
if corn gets to 539 and three quarters, you should execute derivative. That seems like prediction to me. Maybe I'm a simple Both of them guy. sound like a little bit of prediction. I mean, what's the difference in the weatherman saying it's going to get hotter or I'm saying it's going to 98.2 degrees? That's, that's pretty bold of you, Mr. Mr. Weatherman. Yeah. Going down to the 10th. Or rainfall estimates. Let's say it goes back to our map thing. The, the the would you have ever thought that people can get bent, so bent out of shape over the colors used on weather maps? Uh, and not just people, we're talking adults. <laughs> <laughs> Tax paying <laughs> voting. Voting adults. <laughs> uh, yeah, hey, you know you gotta everyone's got an opinion about something and you know you just gotta get it out there and today you know it's easier than ever and uh it's wonderful it's technology is technology has done to humanity what derivatives have done to volatility <laughs> excellent <laughs> so but i mean you, you talk about opening calls but there's lots of newsletters or market wires <laughs> or you know little paragraphs or statements people have to write every day and the brutal i mean obviously trying to write an opening call is terrible and you know you get put out there and that's so immediate like most people like the weatherman puts out a seven-day forecast and you know what he says seven days from now it's going to be and what it actually is he never gets really held accountable he gets held accountable for what he says it's going to be tomorrow and it's not you know somewhat but guess uh, what? Seven days out is always seven days out. That's right. It never arrives. Yeah. His paycheck doesn't get get impacted by any of it. But but that's the so the opening call thing. That's why it's so brutal. I mean, you're talking about you're putting it out, you know, an hour or less before the market opens, and then the market's going to open and do what it does, and you're going to be right or wrong. It's just a, a brutal way to. But what mean, purpose does it serve? That's the question. What purpose does it serve? To, you know, for people without families to have something to do. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> we already established it. But the, I think, I think the, the thing that's crazy is, is the whole, and this is a, this is a neat, the reason they're written is because people ask for them. And, and, oh, and, sure, sure. Right. Just like the, or it's inertia. Why, it, and people, why did the market, why, why are we down today? More sellers and buyers, duh. More, yeah. Well, why are we up today? More buyers and sellers, you know. And because well, people got sick of saying that because it's false on possible. its face <laughs> because there can only be the same amount um, to get a trade done. But uh, the the whole idea behind behind having to to do it is because. Farmers came into elevators and said, why did it do that? And the elevator said, you know, they either got sick of saying more buyers and sellers or I don't know. So it's like, well, we'll just have somebody write a paragraph every day about some crap they heard, you know. Well, right. It, it's, it's kind of a, a, a blame premium, if you will. Just, look, let's be honest. Both parties in that conversation, what's the market going to do? And those guys answer. They, there's expectations. The expectations is neither side knows, but it's just like this song and dance that carries on. Now, see, I now 
this is where I put, I'm going to push back on you a little bit. Good. Go Neither side ahead. knows what it's going to do. Every and everybody knows that. Right. Everybody knows. But it knows. still gets asked and still a, yeah. A, nobody the answer knows. is given. Right. Right. I get all that. Like the future, nobody knows. And however, this whole concept is people know. Well, why did it do what it did today? What's already happened in the past? Well, there's a there's an expectation there that somebody knows why. Right. There is a bigger, and some days there are obvious reasons. Some report came out that said something, you know, dire or yeah. whatever. Um, some days there are there are big things, but, but most days don't have reports, and the market moves twelve cents. Why did it do that, guys? Yeah. So, and and there's while when we're asking what it's going to do in the future, everybody knows. Hey, everybody's just guessing, right? They think somebody really knows why the market only yes. moves two cents today. Yeah. And, and we, because there's newsletters that tell them the answer, <laughs> it's a positive feedback, feedback loop. <laughs> maybe negative feedback, but it's yeah, a feedback yeah, loop. Yeah. You know, that, that it kind of highlights the difference between knowing what happened and knowing why it happened. There's, you know, one matters, one doesn't. Green went up. Okay, I sell some. Why? I don't know. Okay, I don't care. I told it. Well, I mean, ultimately, it's goes back to, you know, basic economics is supply and demand. There was a perception that there would be an increase in one or the other. And But Jason, Adam Smith, when he wrote Wealth of Nations, did not have to deal with algos. Algos? Algos. Tell me more about algos, please. I don't know anything about them. Okay. They're talked about a lot. It seemed like a cliche. Yeah. HFTs, you got to look out for them. Because they're doing things that we don't understand. And that's not good. That's right. All right. So what have, what have we learned here about absolutely why? nothing? Okay. <laughs> <What? laughs> but but uh, seriously, a lot of people spend a lot of time, and I'm talking about in the green industry. I'm talking about the brokerage industry. I'm talking about the farm level. You know, at the user level, why did it do this? Oh well, because you know China ABC, or because you know, Brazil or Argentina, whatever it is. They spend a lot of time trying to figure out, I, I guess, to replay the past right. in a way that you think that'll be useful in the future. So next time you hear a rumor about China, you'll be able to trade it because is that your business to try to outguess the market? Because if it is and you don't have, you know, a high frequency trade platform with hours that out trade you by the millionth of the second. I mean, what, what are we doing here? Um, and even those get it wrong. You got a level playing field. The only way to do that is with tall towers or a flat earth. No, there you go. Problem solved. <clears throat> I was, I was reading it. This reminds me of the golf is not a game of perfect. It's what's called it. Anyways, it's, you know, not everybody likes golf. I get it, but but it but the concept was in general, if a guy, you know, some guy who plays four times a year, he goes out with his buddies in a scramble for the you know grain and feed association or whatever, and he hits his terrible shot into the trees or into the lake, you know, and he throws his club and he you know screams profanities and swears he's never going to play again or I'm done with this hole and I you know all whatever and uh you know that you see that it happens you know um 
from time to time. But but if you look at the professionals, the guy plays you know three four times a year, and he gets so mad that he hits hits a terrible shot. Meanwhile, professional golfers that play every single day that are the best in the world, the best ever, they understand that they, they'll hit a shot. They, there's nobody throwing their clubs, breaking their clubs, you know, swearing, taking the picking up their ball and going home. They don't do that in uh, in the pros even though they would have more of a reason to do it than the four times a year guy, you know, but here they are because they know golf, like anything in life, no, it's not going to be perfect. And the more you are, are in it, it every day, you realize, Hey, I'm not going to be perfect. Right. So <clears throat> I don't blow up from it. I just go on to the next thing. Right. And that's what golfers do. The pro golfers, they go on to the next shot because they say, hey, you know, I can hit it out of the woods here and make this comeback shot and scramble and save par or whatever they're trying to do. And it's an opportunity for them to rebound and recover from this, uh, not to, you know, yell and scream and get mad and, and all that stuff. So uh, I so I think of it in terms of grain and I'm like, you know, we, you know, you make four trades a year and you beat yourself up over over not getting one of them perfect or, or something well you know go on we got more to trade and you know for the most part whether it's farm marketing and or at the elevator level trading bases <laughs> or managing spreads you know most of your mistakes mistakes i air quotes aren't the end of the world they're oh, i didn't make as much as i could have and stuff like that or uh or anything so, so. to piggyback on the golf analogy though you're you you perfectly perfectly described the entire script of Happy Gilmore, and the thing is everybody's looking for Jubs Peterson to guide them through the mini golf golf course so they can overcome their fears, get their hand bit off the hair, <laughs> and that's where newsletters come in. That that's that's the thing, and and it's and it's yeah I don't know we don't want to rant here about it, but it's. Hey, if there's a if there's a demand for this thing, great. There's people that will gladly, you know, meet the demand. That, that's beautiful. That's our market. That, that's, a, that's a wonderful thing. People have the right to spend their money how they want on information they want. But the question that comes back to how useful is this going forward? How, how does understanding what happened yesterday help you tomorrow? And and maybe it does. I I don't know. I've never really seen it come out good uh long term is a, a helpful anything over the average but people have proprietary things they do i don't know the work because they're proprietary you should take the word for it derivatives yeah. that's the word well you got to understand roger and i's perspective here is we represent or come from an industry that has just i guess accepted well, I wish it would be more accepted, but most grain elevator folks, hey, we don't know where prices are going. Everybody knows that, you know, it's a it's a fool's errand to try to be in a proper position on a price. So we're just hedge everything and we always stay out of the way of price. And so it's natural for us. So if, it, if we were stepping on toes or whatever, you know, it's natural for us to look at it and say, why are people so worried about it? But obviously not every business is the grain elevator business where right. you can just stay 100% hedged. You can't do right. it. If you're a farmer, you're always long. If you're a feeder or user of grain, you're um, you're always short, you know? So you do, prices do matter, but right. um, it's easy for us as an 
independent third party, you know, outside of the, the realm of it. I don't know about that, but um, <laughs> I think we showed today we're extremely biased about the most, <laughs> the most uh, silly of topics we can be very biased and have strong opinions about. Um, but that's, that's where I, I think it's us from the outside looking in and say, Hey, nobody knows where prices are. Don't beat yourself up. Don't be the, you know, the weekend duffer golfer going crazy and, and breaking your clubs over silly, you know, things that, Hey, nobody could have predicted it. There are people that all they do is predict prices and they get them wrong. 49% of the time, the ones that are successful at it, you know, um, and you brought up a good point too, that, you know, a lot of this seems aimed at, and I think it is toward, towards the producer side newsletter type explanation and stuff, but you, you brought up in users volume and the stuff those people subscribe to and read the stuff that goes to, to farmers probably doesn't hold a candle to the stuff that goes to oh, the end yeah. users. If you've never seen the, 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 the end user version of farm advisory newsletters, holy smokes. Yeah. Try to find you up some of that. Yeah. And they're <laughs> larger, right? So they can afford to oh, depend on the big company money. afford big huge money. Stuff. I mean, they'll have they'll have quarterly or yearly meetings, you know, where they where they'll pay a bunch of economists from the three different banks they work with and economists from this, that, and the other and a couple of different universities to come in and present their thoughts on where things are going. And it's and it probably it's has under. basis charts and no spreads, just like on the far side. <laughs> But but they did, and, and then it's then it's more arcane things like here's where demand for chicken feet will be in six months, and all this other stuff. You know, depending where you're at, or, or you know, but the end user side, you know, they 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 succumb to this as well. And again, there may be some folks out there say, oh, this is I, I follow this guy, and he was right this one time, so I'm gonna you know this this here. I'm sure it's no different in an investment community, personal financial advisors, things like that. Again, it's it's a it's a call and response, if you will. But you know, I, I don't want the audience thinking that this is only a thing that affects farmers. No, yeah. new, there's newsletters geared towards elevators out there. Um, but the end user side is the very little peek behind the curtain I've seen on that. It's like, wow. All right, so we've talked about cliches and the zeitgeists of the day and and all that that people love to talk about. But one other thing I want to talk about is, of course, the conspiracy theories that come along in this business or any business, right? And, you know, all this stuff, like I said earlier, we might have stepped on toes, but please understand. Certainly. Certainly. We could never hate anyone as much as we hate ourselves. And so so don't worry about this. We're, we are we are there with you on all this stuff in the grain industry. So we've stepped on each other's toes my, right now. Yeah, my point is... Um, <laughs> This is like a, a Wyoming senator or whatever. <laughs> what was that? Okay, we'll, we'll take that out. But uh, anyways, we uh, uh, I, I just think you go you go to a social gathering, right? Do you want to talk to the guy who's you know over there, you know, following all the rules, you know, doing all the mainstream stuff, or do you want to talk to the guy who thinks you know half of the half of the room has microchips in them from a shot, you know, or, or or the guy that, that thinks, you know, that has some some theory about how we're all actually really just a computer program or, you know, th like that's those are the people I'd like to talk. To I want to talk to the guy who says, you know, we didn't we didn't land on the moon or, you know, Russia did like I, I want to. That's 
that's interesting to me. So as, as much as we like to, it's this, entertaining for sure. This may be come off like we're trying to crush people. This is, I mean, it makes for great entertainment. The, the, so the wilder the conspiracy theory, the more I'm interested into it. I Volatility wanna, bleeds over into conspiracy The majority too. of the podcasts I've ever listened to are on Bigfoot. It's, I mean, it's unbelievable. I love it. I love this stuff. <laughs> UFOs, Bigfoot, actually, and UFOs now are true. So they, they right? Is, am I saying that right? Thor Bigfoot. So you, you know the Falk monster in South Arkansas? Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> Rabbit trail. <laughs> okay. Is that that's uh, somebody related to your family? No, no, that's Alps. down in the lower Arkansas, L.A., if you will. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so we want to talk about a couple of you know conspiracy theories that we hear within the grain business, other than the grain mafia, mafia we've done obviously. a few episodes on that. Obviously, everything probably relates back to that. Well, they pull all mafia. the strings, so yeah. we're just kind of showing where the strings are. That's right. <laughs> so the first one is uh, that I've, I've heard actually just within the last few weeks is the government is paying uh, farmer corn farmers to disc up their fields, just wipe them out. For free, Jason? And they're paying them thousands of dollars an acre to do wow. this. Um, Seems legit. Tell me more. Yes, please. The Yeah, that's what I, I heard. Actually, it was funny. Some guy who doesn't even, uh, this guy I go to church with, comes up to ask. I had, this was the first I had heard of it. <laughs> this guy at church comes up to me and asks me about it. And uh, I'm like, yeah, I just, I, I don't see, I said, I know what profit margin corn farmers are looking for, and three thousand dollars is, is a little above that. So I would Sold. guess, I would guess if that was happening, one, I'd have heard about it, but two, we wouldn't have any corn left in this country because hey, we're short corn. Let's disc it under. Also, we'll pay you for that. It's like a extra stimmy checks for the for the farmers, man. But uh, yeah, it's a thing, man. But the government does pay for for wild stuff so oh absolutely so i you know all these conspiracy theories they they spring from some 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 deal and then it's, you know somebody just gets some wild thing I, I mean it's i was talking to a farmer in uh in illinois actually and he's like you know i just the other day i got up this is a couple of weeks ago i just did like hundreds of thousand dollars got put into my account from the government he's like i wasn't expecting a, you know calls his calls his dad's like what's going on he's like yeah i don't know i got it in my account too you know what how much money do we have and he's like it just makes everything seem silly like what am i doing every day i just get this much money just plopped in my account anyways um it's it's wait that's it's, not uh, normal no oh. well i mean maybe this it is year? yeah i guess this year they just you know just complete windfalls of money they weren't expecting you know but it's just to make up because prices are so low you know <laughs> Because of the trade prepaid our trade security. Things. Yeah, I guess so. Anyways, yeah, there's always, speaking of trade, there's always conspiracy theories that go along with that, yeah. uh, you know. Because the simple answers obviously aren't right. Yeah. They can't be. It's too simple. You know, and on the, on the topic of recent <laughs> ag Twitter-based conspiracies, I guess. Uh, and it may not be conspiracy. I don't know. It's it, it come across, but uh, talking about it was in Dubai. They're using drones to make rain. Yeah, they're to, shooting electric pulses into clouds to make the it's uh, squeezing them like sponges. It's like they're tasering clouds now <laughs> to squeeze rain out of them. Don't tase me, bro. <laughs> but it's it's a deal where hey, rain drones that that could be a thing. 
that might help. That might be beneficial to people. Yeah. But I tell you, the first thought came to me is one, it's like, man, the Dakotas are really dry this year and they could have used some drone rain. <laughs> drone well, I think the rain. drone's batteries run out before they get from Dubai to Bismarck. Uh, that makes sense. Um, they, you know, when crash they, in the ocean. When they switch cell towers, it probably, <laughs> probably the curve of the down. ocean. Yeah. The um, high tide. But, you know, because that always used to be a conspiracy. All the governmental, you know, contrails will shoot bombs into the hurricanes or whatever, you know, I don't know. Nuke them in the eye. <laughs> I think you read movies about that. Um, sending nukes in Shark the space. Uh, anyways, the, uh, yeah, that's, that's always a conspiracy theory. But now it's like, you know, really something they've tried to do and, and everything. But when it, I think about how it relates to the green business, that will be the next thing that the that we all complained about. By God, they're making it rain everywhere. Prices will never go up. <laughs> I swear, you know. Yeah. Well, the government, you know. the government forcing the prices down. They used to use the USDA. Now the drones and making us grow big crops. No, no, no. See, you only recruit the drones at planting time, so nothing gets planted. It's too wet, and prices go up. There Problem solved. There we go. Drone on drone. See, we're life hacking conspiracy theories here on the elevator. You got to know how to make it to your advantage. We should write a newsletter about this. Let's do it. We'll charge by the acre and per letter. Yeah. And then we can go on Shark Tank with these great ideas. Uh, Sharknado Shark Tank. <laughs> uh, well, anyways. Well, Roger, this has been a pleasure today. This has been a great way to volatize time yeah i mean we'll probably not even release this episode this is just random, random uh, discussion but we hadn't had just the two of us in a room we're, we're back in a room looking at each other uh, half our faces anyway so obviously we're we're under a mask mandate uh from the cdc right now so we're we're uh, masked up we're hello looking, we're looking through our hijibs at each other <laughs> okay we'll edit that but anyway um, <laughs> It's it's been a pass me the Ivermac. <laughs> so just remember, the next time things happen to you, there's a reason for it, and the reason is volatility. That's right. And you can address it with derivatives. That's if there's anything you'd take away from today, it's that. That's right. And if if uh, it gets really really bad and everybody's mad at you because you're angry or depressed or something there's an opening call with your name on it just waiting to be read you just go get by yourself and you just read it and everything will be good and things will be say, looking up let me email this to you <laughs> anyways yeah it's it's been a been a good good time to get back together uh, hope everyone's doing well enjoying their summer vacations and whatnot and uh, getting ready for harvest. Hopefully everybody's cleaned out, I'm sure by now. So the logistic pressure is gone because <laughs> the inverses have been here since early spring. So everyone, of course, is empty. Backward nation truckers. And we have, uh, we're, you know, gliding into new crop on our Cantango machine. <laughs> I'm uh, afraid that the gliding may be uh... Not happening without a little little help. We'll need some lubrication on that one. <laughs> uh, all right. 
Well, thanks again for everybody listening, and we will catch you next time. As always, thanks for downloading and listening. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with folks you know in the business. And if you'd like to reach out anytime about anything at all or have any show ideas, you can always find us on Twitter at Elevators Cut. Follow us there, tweet at us, DM us, and we'll always respond. Till next time, for Roger, I'm Jason. And for Jason, I'm Roger. Thanks for listening to The Elevators Cut. Oh.